Welcome into another edition of the Duck Territory with Educk Podcast. I'm Matt Prem and Eric Scopel is across the way. Hey guys. Uh, this podcast, we're going to be talking Oregon basketball, a big weekend for the Ducks yeah. this past weekend. Uh, they first played the Washington Huskies on Thursday, and they won that game 65-40. to 40. Uh, I think that's the least amount of points the Huskies have scored against the Ducks since the, like the early 1940s. Yeah, it was like 66 years or something. Yeah, it's just an insane number, and, and quite honestly, the, you know, the Huskies were stuck at like 38 for four minutes or so. So they almost didn't score 40 points. Uh, and then Sunday night in an after, in the early afternoon game, the, the Ducks beat the Washington State Cougars 84 to 57. And that puts Oregon now 17 and 8 overall, 7 and 5 in the pack, in the pack 12. And two weeks ago, Eric, well, this time last week. Nine days ago. Yeah. yeah. We were talking. This team, you know, suffered their worst loss in program history, and they squandered a huge opportunity to get into the Pac-12 race. And now here we are talking; they're right there. Yeah. Well, I think if you so, I think if you remove the Stanford loss and they lost by 35 points, like you said, it's the most in the Altman era. It's it was a I mean a complete embarrassment. They didn't show up. Stanford blew them out. Um, Oregon has won five out of six, and they had yeah. one. You know, three in a row going into that, so you, there was a little bit of momentum building. It just felt like that Stanford game kind of negated what had taken place, but they turn around and, and kind of as has been Altman teams over the course of his years here. You know, they responded really, really well. I mean, they blew out Washington, they blew out Washington State. Obviously, Washington State. I think that 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 outcome that was expected. That doesn't really surprise anybody. I think people figured, you know, Washington State hasn't won. A game in, in like I think eight eight weeks or yeah. four, four weeks and you know and they were actually playing without their leading scorer in that one which we, we don't have a whole lot of clarity I think he had a, a knee injury he was concerned about we didn't really know about that until after the game but that Washington game I think was was really impressive uh, they were you know Washington was actually two games ahead of Oregon in the standings coming into the week and for Oregon to go out there and just basically obliterate them and uh, was a big statement game for them and. and you talk about kind of the seemingly kind of feel like the season was kind of over. Oregon didn't really have much of a shot after that Stanford game. And maybe that's a little bit of overdramatic on our end. But somehow Oregon is now half a game out of second place and tied for fourth place, going down to the L.A. schools who are both half a game ahead of them. If Oregon sweeps the L.A. schools, they'll have sole possession of second, second place, place, which is crazy. And they would have sole possession and be either a game or – two games behind Arizona, depending upon what happens down in Tempe on Thursday, which is probably the game of the week in the Pac-12, Arizona State hosting Arizona. If Arizona State wins that game, Oregon would have a chance next week, <laughs> to get the following week, to be in first place yeah. if they were to sweep the Arizona schools, which, so I mean, I know, this all seems kind of crazy. If Oregon were to go 6-0, and though, from here, it's a good chance they win the conference for yeah. the third straight year, which I don't think anybody had even... No consideration. That sounded ludicrous like nine days ago. So, yeah, things have kind of turned here. And it is worth mentioning, I don't know how good – we know Washington State's not good. Yeah. And I think Washington may be kind of uh, overrated if they are. I mean, they're not not really overrated, but I think people can stop more of that. They're not a clear-cut tournament team. I agree. We we all thought they were after the the Arizona win. And you watch them play, and you just don't see it come together. And we also, of course, caught them on – Probably their worst night of the season and one of Oregon's best nights, but it kind of remains to be seen how much we've learned from this. But what we do know is Oregon did exactly what they needed to do. They picked up two wins. They did both in dominant fashion, and I think 
you know, I know we, we kind of talked about this after the game yesterday. Three players kind of keyed both games for Oregon. That was Peyton Pritchard, Troy Brown, and Kenny Wooten. And for Oregon to be successful from here on out, they're going to have to kind of rely on those guys. Yeah, I, I went back and looked it out, looked up the stat for this season. Uh, the Ducks are eight and zero when Peyton Pritchard, Troy Brown, and Kenny Wooten score ten points or more each in a game. Now, obviously, points aren't aren't the only thing right. uh, that will win a you know will win a basketball game. Obviously, if you score more points than the other one, you yeah. win. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but <laughs> Troy Brown, Paul White, or Troy Brown, Peyton Pritchard, and Kenny Wooten, uh, the last two games in particular, and over that that eight no span, uh, they all you know they rebounded all they, they they assisted they blocked shots they played defense they scored they had some of their better games as Oregon Ducks this season and I think it's not a coincidence that Oregon I think they didn't necessarily play the cleanest game. Uh, both in both games this weekend, uh, but they played probably their hardest. Mm-hmm. I feel like they showed the most effort, and they played more as a team than they've, than they've shown in most of the games this season. Um, and and I, I think that's probably the bigger positive you take away from this is that Peyton Pritchard said it after the Washington State game that this team is now starting to gel and they're starting to feel good about each other on the court, and we're starting to see that translate because while they aren't maybe making the shots that are open, they're getting open shots now. Right. And they're finding their spots. And we're seeing guys, especially, I think, Troy Brown, kind of assume that that role on this team that many people expected going into this season the last four games. He's he's played like the lottery pick that he's projected. Right. The last four because he's averaged 17 points, six and a half rebounds, three steals, two and a half assists per game in the last four. He's doing every a little bit of everything during that stretch. Here's an impromptu question for you. We haven't actually discussed one. Who won the weekend for Oregon? Because I think it's you, a tough call. you have three legitimate candidates. Troy Brown averaged, I think, 18 and a half points, uh, seven and a half rebounds, uh, two and a half steals in two games. Peyton Pritchard averaged 15 and a half points, nine assists, only had two turnovers. Shot, uh, what, five for ten from three point range, which is really, really good. Kenny Wooten off the bench averaged, uh, 11 points, uh, seven and a half rebounds and five blocks. I mean, you have three really good candidates this week, which, you know, a couple weeks ago you would have had a hard time figuring out one guy that you would say would be the, the you know, kind of the guy who won the week. And, you know, if I'm picking, I probably would lean towards Troy Brown because I think they needed that kind of offense from him. He did such a good job this week of being aggressive, getting it to the rim. And, of course, on the flip side, you could say Kenny Wooten swatted a ton of shots, changed the game defensively, and you could say Peyton Pritchard set the game up by getting all those assists. It's tough because those three guys are all playing so well. Yeah, you, Oregon's tough to beat. You said Troy Brown, you would lean with Troy Brown. I can tell you the coaches leaned with Peyton Pritchard right. because uh, Pritchard was the guy that was nominated this week on behalf of Oregon to be up for Pac-12 Player of the Week. Uh, I don't think he'll get it. Um, I think Trey Stinkle is probably going to get that award Instead, yeah, but you game. make a great case of who had the better week because, and this kind of just goes right back in the line of, of what we've said. These three guys need to play well down the stretch for Oregon to get into the tournament because all three guys did different things. Mm-hmm. You know, Kenny Wooten recorded seven blocks, which is a new career high, fifth most, I believe, in, I can actually look that up real quick. Uh, most blocks in a single game is seven, which is, yeah, Fifth most tied with Chris Boucher now 
with seven blocks in a game. It's his new career high. He had three more against Washington State and now has 73, which ties in with Robin Lopez for third most blocks by a freshman in Pac-12 conference history. And then on the flip side, you've got Peyton Pritchard, who I think he – Pritchard had probably – I think it was – 31 points, 18 assists, and just two turnovers. That, that it's just turnovers. That's nine to one. That, yeah. that doesn't happen very often. That's you know, ideal, high probable you know, production that you can get from Peyton Pritchard. I would go, I would go Troy Brown too, just because I think when Troy Brown is making a couple jumpers a game and he's getting to the rim on the on the drives. And he's playing defense. I think he had five steals against Washington State. Yeah, seven for the weekend. Seven for the weekend. When he's active on defense, and he's he's probably Oregon's best rebounder as well. Mm-hmm. When he's playing at a high level, he just impacts the game in so many more ways that opens up the floor for a, a Pritchard or a Wooten or an Elijah Brown or a McIntosh uh, to, to get their own looks as well. So I, I would lean Troy Brown, <clears throat> but... Can't go wrong with any of them. I think you can't go wrong with any yeah. of them, and it's pretty clear now that for this team to win and and to get themselves back into the NCAA tournament for the sixth straight year, it's gonna it's gonna they're gonna have to rely upon these three guys to kind of lead the way. I mean, they're not gonna have to do it all, but they need them to be the leaders of the group to get to get Oregon there. This ties into a Twitter question. We asked people to reach out on Twitter, and we'll continue right. doing this. Somebody, maybe not a question, more of a statement. Uh, at Johnny4235 asks or says, I'm worried about Elijah Brown and Paul White. The way we're talking about, those guys didn't produce very well. I guess, do they need to is the question because we talked about those other three players' production over the weekend. I think, what, what was Elijah Brown this weekend shooting the three? He was probably like four for 13 or something like that. I mean, he, he had a very poor shot. He was three of 15 from three. I mean, that's that's not great. And, and Paul he White... scored 10 points over the weekend. And Paul, Paul White, White scored nine. nine. Yeah, I mean, only 19 points out of those guys, but like we were just talking about. And, I, and, and of course, you want some points from your veterans, but I don't know if it necessarily matters if you get those three guys playing at such a high level because I think those three guys at their peak are probably better than those two players at their peak. And that's not a slight to Paul White or Elijah Brown. I just think it's the reality that when these two freshmen and Peyton Pritchard are playing their best basketball... They're the best players on the team. Yeah, and I, I, I certainly think Paul White is playing much better defense than he was mm-hmm. three weeks ago, four weeks ago when he was coming off the bench for the Ducks. And I think on the flip side, it's it's helped Kenny Wooten perform better because they, Dana said it after Thursday. He likes bringing him off the bench because it seems like things just go well for him. Um, and then I think Elijah Brown, his defense is a little underrated. Yeah. I, I don't know if he's necessarily a lockdown defender, but I you know I feel like he he can help Oregon defensively, and while at times he's made some some questionable passing decisions, he's also a pretty he sees the court pretty well, and if you can get him like he did this past weekend to kind of spread the ball quickly and and and, and pass the ball, his assist totals go up and Oregon's offense moves better. And, and look, I'll say this. I don't think Elijah Brown's going to have a, another, another weekend where he, he shoots this poorly in both games. I that, agree with that. That, that would that, surprise that, me. that goes against kind of the, what we've seen this season. Usually, and this is, you know, he either shoots really well in both games or he shoots poorly in one and shoots really well in the right. other. This is kind of the first time I can remember where he was, was so poor in both games. And he had pretty good looks. I mean, 
you know, one of the things we, we kind of had talked about early in the season was his thought selection sometimes was kind of iffy. I thought he probably put up two or three bad ones, but he just missed, he just missed. He just missed some shots that he normally hits, and you kind of go, I think Altman would probably agree with this, he kind of goes, he had a good look, he's a pretty good shooter, he should have made it, he missed it, okay, we'll take it and move right. on, but... Um, another thing I think that's worth mentioning is just kind of how they're winning games defensively. Yeah. I think the last four wins, they've held teams um, 57 points or lower in all four games. The 40 points, obviously, in Washington stands out. But it there's just, also the Stanford game. Well, the last four wins. But okay. The, the, obviously, they didn't win that <laughs> one. They gave up 95, I think, in that one. So if you cut that one out. But the last four games, they've won. So I'm kind of wondering if, if you're starting to see maybe the re- kind of their their identity and kind of the recipe for success to them come together. and and this isn't necessarily what I think we expect with this team because they have so many good offensive players, but it does seem like when they are able to lock down teams defensively, maybe this is like a no-brainer, duh, type of thing, but that they have a lot more success. And we've seen, I think, the last four games holding teams to below 40% from the field in all four, like I said, under 57. Washington shot 28% from the field. Um, Washington State just under 40 at 39, but... I think you're kind of starting to see that come together, and obviously this weekend it was it was a lot of that was Kenny Wooten, you know, making shots at the rim difficult. You know, if you're Washington, Washington State, you know, Washington not a good three point shooting team, didn't shoot very well in that game when they drove it to the rim. No more luck there because Kenny Wooten was either blocking shots or changing shots, and you saw the same thing I think on Sunday against against Washington State. I, I will say, I, if Elijah Brown's the wild card, because mm-hmm. if Oregon can get their th- Three guys, Pritchard, Troy Brown, and Wooten to play well at a high level together. And then you add in Elijah Brown's production. Yeah. That's when Oregon becomes the team I think we all kind of envisioned they would be of being a Pac-12 title contender. Yeah. And being a team that could get into the NCAA tournament and make a lot of damage because – while he's been streaky at times, when he gets on, like he did against Arizona State, mm-hmm. like he did against Arizona, uh, he takes Oregon to another level because mm-hmm. the way he spreads the floor, the defense has to, get, to to run him out. That opens up everything else for McIntosh to do work on the boards offensively and, and get down low on the block, Wooten to do the same thing, and then Troy Brown to drive. Everything kind of just changes dramatically for Oregon. So if they can get... They can keep their their three young guys playing at this level, and then if Troy if Elijah Brown can can solve his shooting slump he went through this weekend, Oregon could be in a position where they take a huge leap in production. Uh, and that goes into our next question from on Twitter. Uh, we heard from Altman Fever. Uh, what has to go right for Oregon basketball to get the sweep of the LA schools this week? That's a good question because this is a game, like you said, this is a week where Peyton Pritchard said after, on Sunday, this is their destiny. Mm-hmm. You know, they control their destiny now, and it's on them if they want to get into that Pac-12 bye in the first round of the tournament and get into the NCAA tournament, and this is a huge opportunity. I think it defines their season because if they win these two games mm-hmm. or if they win, if they get a split, then their chances of going up in, in the NCAA tournament drastically go up. They lose – they're probably not going to go. I would probably argue this is the most difficult weekend they have left. I think it's right. pretty easy to argue because the LA schools are both top 50. They're both second place in the Pac-12. These are both games on the road. Obviously, the Arizona the Arizona schools the week the week after probably maybe a little bit tougher teams maybe, but kind of probably a, a, a push. And those games, but those games are at Matthew Knight Arena. Um, <clears throat> I just look at this weekend and I go, Oregon could be two and zero against these teams on the season after splitting earlier this year where they had UCLA com- numbers for basically had UCLA's number for basically 
35 minutes of the game and then kind of just let the game slip away, almost still able to recover and win by three. And against USC, it was a similar thing where they just didn't finish the game. I, right. I think they're going to play both these games. They're going to be in it to the end. It might be a question of whether or not they can actually finish them like they've had difficulty doing in the past. Or, or maybe they go out there and they play so well defensively, and these games are defensive-minded, and Oregon is able to not have to deal with a tough final five minutes where they have to kind of hold on for dear life situation. But I think to get there, Kenny Wooten, Troy Brown, and Peyton Pritchard, we've talked about it, all three of those guys need to be on again. And I do think that if Elijah Brown is able to get hot here, which the numbers would suggest is probably likely just because he hasn't had, I don't think, three really poor shooting games in a row all season. If he's if he gets hot against USC, those other three players are playing like they have been. The defense is at where it's been. I think they're in really, I think they could conceivably win that game and win that game fairly comfortably, especially because USC has been struggling and they just lost back to back games in the Arizonas. Obviously, that's a very tough road trip, but they're kind of starting to backslide. You know, Arizona, UCLA picked up a big win against Arizona on Thursday and was pretty handily beaten by Arizona State afterwards. So. Both these teams are, are, I think, I don't think either of these teams are unbeatable. I think Oregon is probably maybe a better matchup against UCLA, but I, I don't think it's crazy to think that Oregon can come in and pull the sweep. Yeah, USC has lost three straight games. Three straight, that's right. Uh, because they lost at UCLA as well right. uh, last, two weeks ago. Uh, the Bruins at one point had won four straight in a row since losing to the Ducks uh, at Matthew Knight Arena, but then they lost at Arizona State. But that does include... A very impressive 82-74 victory over uh, Arizona yes. at Arizona. Um, the two games that these two teams have played against the Ducks earlier this season, the Trojans won 75-70 at Matthew Knight Arena. Uh, the Ducks had, a, I think, like a four or five point lead with four, you know, yep. three or four minutes yep. to go in that one, uh, and they let that one get away from them. And then they had a, then the Ducks beat UCLA two days later at home, 94-91, and that was a game I think in the second, second half, half they had a 20 point lead, and then they kind of just crumbled that lead away, and the Bruins almost had a chance to tie it at the very end and miss. Um, but Oregon won that one 94-91. And I look at this and these two games, and you may, you mentioned it right. You're, you're right in saying that you know Pritchard, Wooten, and Troy Brown need to play well. I think it's, it's going to be decided with Elijah Brown. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, if Oregon can find a way – to get him going and can get, you know, double digit points from him as well. If he can, and preferably, if he can make a couple threes to, to really spread out that, those defenses that they're gonna have to, that they're gonna be facing, uh, that's gonna be key. And then I think Michael McIntosh and Kenny Wooten's play on the defensive end of the floor will also dictate this game because both teams, USC and UCLA are bigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think UCLA is probably a better matchup for Oregon. Um, they have Oregon has bigger has better athletes at the forward spots, but they're maybe not as big. Uh, but it's something that they can kind of overcome. Whereas USC, they're bigger and they're just as athletic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've got the Ducks have to get McIntosh and Kenny Wooten and Paul White and Troy Brown. Those four guys, they have to control the rebounding edge. If Oregon can't win the rebounding battle in both those games, they're probably not going to win. And I think another thing that's worth looking at is just Oregon's struggles on the road this year have not played particularly well in road games. Obviously, the 35-point loss at Stanford is notable. I think their only wins so far on the road have been at Arizona State and uh, at California. So they've had difficulties winning on the roads. Neither of those teams have played particularly or were playing particularly well when those games took place. So 
if USC and UCLA are kind of firing at all cylinders, I'll be curious to see how Oregon responds on the road in a tough environment. I think both those crowds are going to be aware of kind of what's on the line. Yep. Just like Oregon, those schools are, are right in the heart of the, the Pac-12 you know, championship run. If, if they were to win their games and, and win out, they'd probably have a great chance to win the conference championship as well. So I think a lot's on the line for every, you know, every, every team Oregon's going to play from here on out, basically, is competing for at least a Pac-12 tournament by, with the exception of that Washington State game in a couple weeks. Yeah, the Ducks are two, are two and three in Pac-12 play on the road. They're three and three on the road overall this season. And then if you want to count the PK-80, which right. I would say more of a home game, right. uh, than an away game, but those are neutral site games. They went one and two, uh, in those games as well. Four and five away from the other. <clears throat> yeah, so, uh, it, it's, it's been a difficult run for Oregon, uh, Away from home and, and they're in, they're entering a week where they need to, you know, ideally get two, two wins if they want to stay in that hunt for an NCAA tournament bid. And as crazy as it sounds though, the Ducks are in fourth place in the Pac-12 standings as of today. They're a half a game out from second place. They win both games this weekend or, you know, maybe they win one and one, but they get some help with the Beavers, you know, maybe claiming a win as well. They're right where they are right now. If, if not improving their situation as well. So, uh, as crazy as it sounds, this Oregon men's basketball team, their tournament hopes are in their own hands, and they control their own destiny, and it's just kind of up to them if they get in or not now. And just really quickly looking at the resume, I, I looked this morning, and I think Oregon was 75th on the ESPN RPI and yep. 98th, I think, in the strength of schedule. Neither of those numbers are probably getting you in. I think it's actually pretty safe to say they wouldn't get you in if the season ended today. Yes. But like we've talked about, they finished with five games against teams that are in that top 50 range. I think UCLA has now fallen out of 53. It. Yeah, I think that's the number I saw too. Um, so they're, 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 but these are five games they have upcoming that would move that needle significantly. And I think if Oregon were to sweep it from here, and I, and that's probably getting way too far ahead of ourselves here. They've got some really good teams coming up and some really tough challenges, but, if they were, I think they would get, they'd have an RPI probably close to the mid forties, maybe even low forties or even high thirties. So, you know, there, there, there's opportunity now and, it, and just because they were able to take good care of business at home and, and not, you know, take a bad loss, losing to Washington State would have probably ended any at large bid. Hopes. And it still happens. If they go on the road and lose sure, to Washington it State, it, it ends their, their at large hopes as well. I would agree. Um, I, real quick before we wrap it up, I think, uh, playing off your point, if Oregon, Every loss they have in the regular season outside of the Washington State one, because it would, it would count as three losses in my opinion. 188 in the yeah. RPI or something. They need to win that game back in the Pac-12 tournament to get into the NCAA tournament. Meaning, if they go 6-0 and the rest of the way and, and, and they beat the LA schools, they beat the Arizona schools, and they beat the Washington schools, I think they're in going into the Pac-12 tournament. It's probably not a high seed, and now they're playing for you know the best possible seed possible. Uh, in the Pac-12 tournament, but they're in. If they lose a game here or there outside of that Washington State game, they need to win one in the Pac-12 tournament. They lose two outside of that Washington State game. Yep. They need to get to the Pac-12 tournament championship game. They don't need to win it, but they need to get there if they want to be feeling safe going into the, into the selection Sunday. And obviously if they lose three, they've got to win the whole thing to get in and just get the at-large bid. So uh, exciting push yeah. for Oregon down the stretch. When two weeks ago we thought maybe they were done. Yeah, uh, nine days ago it was like this season's over. Let's prepare for the NIT. Right. Uh, until we talk to you on Monday next week when we we will recap this weekend's trip. We will talk to you soon. And thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, guys.